We're pleased to partner again with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Get close. Flamingo makes an award-winning razor and body care products that aren't overpriced. Get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com slash AMR. Sweet dreams. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made in America and ships straight to your door with no contact delivery, free shipping and returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. Birch is giving $200 off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. I hear you've had a fun morning with your dog already. Oh, my goodness. Where are all of my lab dog owners out there? So um, I have a chocolate lab, which I know I've talked about on the podcast and on the blog before. And I'll make this short, but it is kind of funny. My girls are in swim team this summer. And so we have to be at the pool every morning at like 7, 8 a.m. And this week is the league's week. So the finale of the swim season. Mm-hmm. And so they have three swim meets. I said three swim meets this week. And so <laughs> I knew running would be a challenge. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to run. A lot of times I drop them off at the pool and then I can access the High Line, which is this gorgeous trail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like 60 miles of trail. You can go either direction. Dimity likes to run on it too. Um, so anyways, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll bring Charlie today. Cause I haven't been able to run with them because we've been at swimming. So, I mean, my dog needs some CBD. He needs <laughs> a lot of things because I have to put him in a kennel in my car. Otherwise he would oh. try to sit on my lap while I was driving and he's a 70 pound <laughs> lap. Okay. <laughs> so just setting the scene for you. Anyways, we get to the pool. I drop the girls off. I let him Usually I just open up the trunk, let him out of his kennel. And then he sits right there, not sits, but he's pretty good. He always like, I can run with him off leash in most places because oh. he's right next to me. Uh-huh. Um, that's the thing about labs. They want to be right next to you all the time, which is cute. So I open up the trunk and I open up the kennel, assuming he would just, you know, hop out and stand right next to me, waiting for me uh-huh. to put him on, put his leash on him. Uh-huh. Oh no. He had different plans. He could like smell the water, <laughs> jumped out of the car, bolted into the pool and jumped straight into the pool. <laughs> so I mean, all the, luckily none of the kids were in the pool at this moment, but there were all these kids and all the coaches like looking at me like, Hey, why is your dog running around without out on a leash? And he just jumped in our pool. And I, it just was so... <laughs> It's like something in a Porky's or some <laughs> other 80s teen movie. <laughs> Porky's. Oh my gosh. I have not heard that name in a long time, but yes, I mean, it is. And you're like, you're so mortified and it's like having a toddler, you know, yes. a tantrum in the middle of a party. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just my dog. And then I didn't know how I was going to get him out, but luckily he jumped right out. And then I put him in the back of the car and time out because I needed a minute for him. 
<laughs> and then we went on a five hour run and now I made him stay outside. Cause I just need, I need to have some space for my dog right now. I'm so mad at him. <laughs> and would your girls like even look at him and acknowledge that he was theirs or no? Oh, they thought it was the funniest thing ever. They were dying laughing. They were, they thought it was so funny. And luckily everyone thought it was so funny. And luckily the pool manager wasn't there. Cause she would have been really ticked off because I'm sure there's some health violation there. Right. You know, like yeah. they have to, I don't know, but it was Add more chlorine or something. Yeah. Yes. But you know, as we know, as mother runners, we went for a run and it fixed everything. And now we can laugh about it. And it, it we were laughing about it the entire time, but oh, oh my, my gosh, goodness. it was just pretty funny. And then, it was yeah. just like, mom, I'm hot. It looks yeah. good. I'm going for it. I'm going to go for a swim. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I guess an aqua run. He was inspired yeah. by Dimity's aqua bike. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I hear you on the having to get up earlier to get in the workout before these summer activities. Like it's starting to feel like pre-pandemic life over here because, you know, I've gotten kind of, um, you know, indulge by being able to sleep a little later because I didn't have to drive my son to school, my 15 year old son to school. Mm -hmm. And so, cause you know, they'd been remote, you know, he, he still, he hasn't gone to school since March 13th of 2020. So, but he now has the job that I spoke about, I think on last week's podcast, he has to be there. Yeah. Be there at Mm 8am. And so, and I make his lunch beforehand. Um, I can hear the groans and such a sweet mom. <laughs> thankfully he was like, oh yeah, I can just have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day. I'm like, yes, great. that's easy. Always have it on hand. Right. Uh, um, so yes. So I, my goodness, t- a rarity. I s- did not get up to pee during the night finally got it when I did get up to pee it was 5 17 and at first I thought oh yeah I can sleep for another hour thinking it's like you know the way it's been for the past 15 16 months I'm like oh my alarm's going off in 13 minutes and so I'm mm-hmm. like all right rise and shine day's starting now no now yeah. have you shifted going to bed a little bit earlier to account for the mm-hmm. earlier wake up time or what's like no no, no. I mean um you know, I go to bed around nine thirty, ten, typically 10. Oh, okay. That's um, early. Um, you think? Yeah. Uh, 10. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, Jack and I just finished up watching season four of the handmaid's tale. <sighs> and so we watched that two nights going, geez, it was a little hard to fall asleep after the season finale of that. <laughs> I, I can't believe that I'm admitting this, but I have not watched any of the handmaid's tale yet because, because it's variety. dark and, and really highly depressing. Well, I mean, yes, that, but I just couldn't, um, when it, I don't know, we didn't have the streaming service that it was on mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. when it launched. And then now I think it's on prime, right. Or I'm not sure what it's Oh, on. I don't know. It's well, Hulu? it's on Hulu. Hulu. Hulu yeah. yeah. See, we've never had Hulu. That's like the one we don't have, but I really want to watch it, but everyone's like, I don't know. You got to kind of be in the right mindset to watch it. You do. I was started listening to a podcast this morning about it. And some people are like, oh yeah, I can't watch more than one episode at a time. And other people are like, oh yeah, I binge it. So, right. I mean, we, oh, we, I rarely watch more than two episodes of anything straight, you know, an hour long show that's right. to watch two hours of TV. So um, I've watched two, I've watched back-to-back episodes. So, I mean, yeah. the acting is really, really good. The production quality is quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I mean, it's thought provoking, but it is literally and figuratively very dark. 
Yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes we all, I mean, I, I enjoy those types of shows. Speaking of podcasts, I just started listening to one this morning to live and die in LA. Have you heard of that one? I think I listened to it. Remind I mean, me dark, it. you know, it's sad, but it's a good mystery. So if anyone likes mysteries, um, it's, I've only listened to, I listened to two episodes this morning and it was great. It's just another it's not, one. Is it about the block Dahlia or no? No, this is sadly about women, um, young girls, like 25 year old girls who go missing in LA. Uh, mm -hmm. and so this one is a story from 2018. I think it was the podcast was published. It looks like in 2019, but I just heard about it and, um, I just wanted to mix it up. Right. Like who I just listened to, I feel like either the same songs or <laughs> I just, I'm running with a friend. So I'm like, I'm going to try something new today. And it's, it's good. It's intriguing, right? We just need something to kind of let our mind, uh, you know, wander. And so it was a good exactly. one. If anyone's looking for a new recommendation besides the AMR podcast, obviously. Or, or beside the new five hour long rock my run mix. That well, yes. Came out this week. Yes. Oh my goodness. And that people need to go to our website. I'm pretty sure. I hope we put that as a post about mm -hmm. our, um, yeah, that you can get two months free of rock my run plus all the AMR mixes. Cause we have a lot of mixes slash stations on there. So um, so I was thinking this morning after I listened to, uh, Olivia Rodrigo one more time, um, the, I'd given, I'd given her a break for about 10 days because I was, uh, listening to Lord because I got Lord tickets for my older daughter and me to see in concert next May 1st, <laughs> next May, May, 2022. Yes, wow. It's never too early to pregame with music. Yes. <laughs> and I love it when you say we put together the mixes. I mean, you are, you DJ Sarah put together the mixes. <laughs> wah, wah, so wah, let's wah, be honest. Wah, wah. I, you know, I don't, it's, it's not my thing and I don't think it's Demody's thing, but it's definitely your thing. And it's awesome. <laughs> I never even show it to you all. I'm like, mm, no, nah, I got enough songs for five hours. It's fine. <laughs> There's no double checking with us at all. Yes. A little offended by that. No, busted. I'm <laughs> it could be your side hustle, Sarah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have a lot of fun doing it. I really do. Um, yes. All right. Well, today's episode is the second in our series called Run in My Shoes, uh, that we have hopes that we can bring more diversity to the AMR world and foster equity and inclusion. Today, we're talking to three Latina runners in the hopes of gaining a better understanding for what it's like to be BIPOC in the predominantly white world of running. We'll be joined by the first of our three guests after these messages. Please stay with us or uh, quedate con nosotros, por favor. Boy, I butchered that one. Ooh, that, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Curex, the final step to better running. Last summer, I told you about Curex insoles, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means at running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add to your shoe options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotics. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful. I added Curex Run Pro insoles to my shoes. Here I am, a runner of a more advanced age, yet I'm injury-free and have been for a while. I don't think it's any coincidence. 
Once you become a believer in Curex RunPro insoles, you'll want to check out the brand's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for hiking, support set for walkers, even Work Pro for all-day wear for those on-their-feet professions, plus tennis, golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty even if the product has been cut to fit your sole shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us with code AMR15. It's summer and I bet you're showing some skin. I know I am, whether it's running in shorts, swimming, or hanging out by a pool. For me, that means shaving with my beloved mint green Flamingo Razor. A Flamingo Razor is a mother runner's best friend in the bathroom. Flamingo's five-blade cartridges do an amazing job at giving a clean, close shave anywhere you choose to shave. Its weighted, textured handle assures the razor sits securely in your hand in the shower, no matter how distracted you are by someone banging on the door or staring at you from a bouncy seat. Flamingo razors are also attractive, available in four pleasing colors, and affordable. The Flamingo Shave Set, which include Flamingo's award-winning razor, two five-blade cartridges, shave gel, body lotion, and shower holder, is usually $22. But a special deal for our listeners knocks it down to $16. When I have the time, I lather my legs with Flamingo's foaming shave gel. It's delightfully luxurious. But when I'm pressed for time, I skip the gel, and the five blades still get my legs seriously smooth. Get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com AMR. Again, it includes Flamingo's award-winning razor, two five-blade cartridges, shave gel, body lotion, and that handy shower holder, all for just $16 plus free shipping, one less trip to the drugstore. Get yours today at shopflamingo.com AMR. That's shopflamingo.com AMR. Summertime makes me reminisce about visits to Connecticut to see my parents in the home where I grew up. When my three kids were younger, I'd take them out for two or three weeks at a time. Such lovely memories, except for sleeping on the mattress on my childhood bed. Ooh, my hips and back would be screaming well before we flew home to the West Coast. So I know the value of a quality mattress, like ones made by Birch. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses produced in America with just three materials sourced straight from nature, organic latex, New Zealand wool, and American steel springs. Birch mattresses are certified organic. Your Birch mattress is shipped straight to your door for free. You can buy with confidence because Birch offers a 100-night sleep trial. Give your Birch mattress a try. If it's not to your liking, return it for free. But I know you'll like it. Then rest easy. A Birch mattress has a 25-year warranty. Jack and I appreciate how firm our Birch mattress is without being hard, a crucial distinction. I feel supported and my hips, back, and all my joints feel good during the night and when I hop out of bed for my workout. We added a Birch Plush Organic Mattress Topper for a little extra cush. So if you're looking for a mattress, check out birchliving.com AMR. Birch is giving $200 off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com AMR. That's $200 off all mattress orders and two free EcoRest pillows. Get this great deal by going to birchliving.com AMR. B-I-R-C-H living.com AMR. Our first guest is Sarah Spear, a mother runner from Swanton, Ohio. Sarah's a marathoner who does a lot of trail running. She's also a burgeoning cyclist. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thank you. It's good to be here. Sarah, tell us how many kids you have and what their ages are. 
Oh, those were the only stats I didn't look up. <laughs> I had to do the math to figure out how what anniversary we're having. And I had to do the math to figure out what year I started running and how many marathons. And that was like the one I was like, OK, they're going to ask me how many kids I have. And uh, so we have two daughters. They're okay. in college. Uh-huh. I think uh, one's 21 and one is 19, I believe. Okay. You sound a little shaky, a little shaky on that one. I turned, I turned to see if she was in the room so that she could, um, so she could confirm her age if she was still in the room. I love that. <laughs> they're still at home. They're commuting and mm-hmm. they're still on summer break. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay. sure. sure. Yeah. You have a full house and do you work outside the home and what yes. is, so what do you do? We have a small cleaning company. I said, mm-hmm. I would never waitress and clean. And now I have a small cleaning company. <laughs> <laughs> Can be very cathartic. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's an evening work job. And so I get to do what I need to do in the morning and it's humble work, but it allowed me to raise kids and drive them to school every day, kindergarten through high school mm-hmm. until they started driving. And then they were doing um, college credit plus, which was some days, uh, half a day in high school. And then I was driving them to college. And wow. so, I mean, it, it afforded me that opportunity to, yeah. to be with them while they grew up. So it was all good. That That's is nice. good. Yeah. 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 All right. Since you've prepared the answer, Sarah, you need to <laughs> about your athletic background, <laughs> how you morphed into a marathon runner. I, I know you ran the glass city marathon in Toledo mm-hmm. this spring. Yeah. Yes, so I did. Take us back a little bit. Um, I started running. Well, first of all, I was a power lifter. Oh. And even before that, um, in, when I was very young, I was just the art TV book nerd growing up with okay. zero sports, uh-huh. which is how many of your moms yeah. yep. on this podcast talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, I got married and mm-hmm. my husband was into weightlifting and that came very easily to me. Um, I have man shoulders and so powerlifting was very fun and I enjoyed it very much. Um, and then my husband wanted to join, uh, do a bodybuilding show, Mm. but I like to eat. (laughs) Don't, don't we all? (laughs) Yes. So I started power walking and, um, and then at the school that my daughters went to, there was a a woman there that she would be picking up her kids the same time. And my husband is Caucasian and Mm -hmm. we have a very Caucasian school district. Mm -hmm. And so when there were parents that weren't Caucasian, it was like my, my radar went off like, Oh, another person of color. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, Thais was her name. And I told her I was going to tell this story. Mm -hmm. Um, Miss Thais, um, we just started chatting a little bit and she said she was going to start uh, a running group locally with some moms. And I said, weightlifters don't run. We're too heavy. We're too slow. Mm-hmm. But she said, yes, you can. I said, no, I can't. She's like, yes, you can. And, no, I can't. And every time I said, no, I can't, she would quietly under her breath say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And I just I was like, who is this woman? I keep telling her no. She keeps coming after me. And, but she had planted that little seed of 
well, what if I can? Right. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So I started kind of going out to our local trails, which I live. I did not realize how wonderful of a treasure it was, but I literally live like a mile from um, a Metro park, which is the biggest one in our County. And it's like, don't quote me, but I think it's like 500 acres mm. of Metro parks. Wow. So there's a lot of single track trails and a lot of trails that are paved and a lot of trails that are just gravel. And, um, so I started closet running out there by myself <laughs> because it wasn't natural. It wasn't easy, nothing. And, um, little by little with a very red face, I started lengthening my runs and I was always getting hurt because I was by that time I was power walking like up to five miles. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm walking five miles, I should be able to run five miles. And <laughs> it's a different beast when you're running and walking and it, I just biomechanically and ligaments. And I just, to jump from walking five miles to trying to run, it was just not a pretty sight. So mm -hmm. finally, finally was able to build up my miles. And then, um, then my puppy who at the time was 80 pounds, she, um, injured, she pulled my, she dislocated my hip. Oh God, <laughs> that is my worst fear. Oh man. He was just running and lunging at the girls. Mm -hmm. And, um, I pulled the chain, I pulled her leash back by my hip and she just twerked me. Oh man. So I missed my first half marathon at glass city, oh, but no. I was able to do my, um, then I was able to do a 2011 Detroit half marathon okay. and, and I've done since then 11 marathons wow. and officially 30 half marathons. But you know, that in marathon training, some of the training runs are even longer than mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. half marathon. So mm -hmm. unofficially oh, yeah. more, <laughs> mm -hmm. but officially 30 half marathons. So wow, that's, that's I'm going to start using that stat and say that I've run more half marathons because <laughs> I train for a marathon. That's I like that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, that's my, yeah, those are my wow. stats. Wow. Wow. So, so you seem to um, have conflicted feelings about running. You wrote um, in the Google form that it was a rebellion to your past. So if you're comfortable yeah. talking about that, I'd love to understand a bit more about that perspective. Um, I grew up in a very subservient, um, family hmm. and just religiously and, you know, for myself, it was, and I, you know, this is part of the Hispanic culture that the boys <laughs> are the golden mm -hmm. children and the girls mm -hmm. are, you know, uh, just, and maybe that's not every family, but in my family, I knew my dad loved me and I knew my mom loved me, but, um, I wasn't a boy. Mm. So I just, I was supposed to be doing what I was told growing up. And then when I got a little bit older and like this mom invited me to start running, mm -hmm. um, even though I did my mile solo because I didn't want anybody to see me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it was guilt thinking that, you know, I wasn't serving anybody except me <laughs> mm, okay. doing this. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I had kids at home and a husband. And it was just, I've heard people say it's an identity outside of being a mom and a wife. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But there's just this nagging thing in the back of my head was just like, it's selfish. And, you know, you could be doing yard work, or you could be doing laundry, mm-hmm. or my, mm-hmm. my first half marathon, I told my mom, <laughs> she's like, why are you doing this? And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, because I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I'm the first runner in my family. And so it was just a break from the mold and it's just taken people time to get used to the idea that I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. And so in the back of my mind, there's still like this selfishness, so to speak. Mm. Um, but I come back sweaty and happy and, mm-hmm. and that yard work is still there when I get back. There <laughs> <laughs> sure is it's sure, along with a couple other dozen tasks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. It's from your Instagram feed, um, feed Sarah. It seems like you're really into trail running and nature, oh, yes. which, which we love. Um, you have such great pictures of mushrooms on your IG, <laughs> IG feed. Talk a little bit about what appears to be a deep love of being in nature for you. Um, I'm artsy. And mm-hmm. so when I'm out there, I translate everything to a project into a medium. Mm-hmm. So I've taken welding. I've taken jewelry classes. I do stained glass. I've done glass blowing. So when I'm out there in the morning and I see the sun coming through the trees, I think of, I, I mean, I automatically translate that to a pattern, a giant stained glass window, Mm. or when I see the ferns unfurling in the spring, Mm -hmm. I translate it to, um, ironwork and Mm. welding projects. I've done some blacksmithing too. And so it's just, I translate everything in my mind, when I see these mushrooms, I think clay or glass, mm-hmm. or I just blown glass or stained mm-hmm. glass or watercolor. And so I take pictures to translate it into jewelry eventually, or a lamp, or just, I, I just, I love it out there. It wow. feeds my soul mm-hmm. and it feeds my creativity too. Yeah. I- I have to say, Sarah, that this morning on my run, I stopped and looked in the um, window of my favorite store here in town, a women's boutique called Frock, and they had one of their entire windows had all mushroom stuff in it. So shorts with mushrooms on it and mushroom earrings and um, on mugs and all this stuff. So, um, and I thought to myself like, oh, mushrooms are like the 2021 version of owls or narwhals or whatever. (laughs) It's Portland always has like a theme and you are completely on trend that you are. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're trail running, I mean, in the spring, there's a lot of spring flowers to wildflowers Mm. out there. But as the trees fill in, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you're running through some of the meadows, which in the hot summer, I'd rather run (laughs) in the shade. um, Then you're seeing the, um, the mushrooms and some of them are bright orange. And, you know, I think of Alice in Wonderland when I see the red capped ones and Mm -hmm. there's some that look like um, coral out there. And it's just so, I just, I can't get enough of taking these pictures and I I just take pictures because I, I also want people and specifically women. um, I was so scared to run out there Mm. by myself because I thought that's a perfect place for somebody to murder somebody. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I, and I was very scared, but once I saw the beauty of it, I just, I want people to say, wow, Sarah's pictures are really cool. I want to see those butterflies, or I want to see those wildflowers, or I want to see the sunlight coming through those trees, or look at that lake or those turtles that she saw. I want people to see that there's more beauty out there than fear, basically. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of what you see out on runs on our diversity Google form, you mentioned you notice, quote, the handful of us that are not white at races, end quote. So whether it's the Glass City Marathon or that Detroit race you um, first did, you know, um, and probably mostly pre-pandemic, can you please take us there, like telling me what it feels like to be Latina and basically a sea of white runners? Well, Miss Thais was, of course, Black. And so I saw her, um, mm-hmm. out running, but even around here, I, I think that there's more black runners than mm. Spanish runners. I mean, mm. Latina or Latino, as a matter of fact, the first race that I ever did, um, I was so nervous. I was literally sick to my stomach all, mm. and it was an evening race. So I was just beside myself, but on that first race, I saw a man who is Spanish. Mm-hmm. And after the race, I beelined straight over to him. And I was just like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, who are you? But I was out of the top, off the top of my head, I was trying to think I could, I could only now I don't know everybody in my running group because we've got like 1200 people wow. in our local Toledo Roadrunners group. Okay. But I was like, I only know five. I mean, five Spanish wow. people. I there are actually more black runners in our Toledo Roadrunners than Spanish people. So mm-hmm. um when I and I so then I was like, should I name them? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's necessary, but um uh-huh. yeah it's it's even a more of a minority, I think. And I remember um, a Cleveland race and black girls on the run or black girls run were there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they all had matching shirts and this and that. And they were just so supportive of each other and they were just cheering each other on and, and they had this big sign. And I was like, hey, brown girls run too. And they just stopped and they stared at me and I was just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's, it, I mean, for the most part, everyone's pretty accepting of me, you know, at races, no one, Mm -hmm. um, no one has ever really made me feel different except my own head, you know, obviously. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask you next actually is, has anyone ever hassled you or said unkind comments to you while you've been running or racing because of the color of your skin? Not to me. No. Um, as a matter of fact, usually people don't know what race I am. Okay. (laughs) They don't know what I am. And I've had people come right out and ask me what Mm -hmm. nationality I am. My Mm -hmm. mom looks very native American. My dad looks very European. Uh, My, as a matter of fact, my dad is extremely pale he he tans very well in the summer but um you know i've had people ask me if i was greek iranian i mean mm-hmm. indian they just 
they don't know what I am. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And do you mind that question when people ask you that? No, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, um, I think it bothers my husband a little bit more probably than me. Okay. Um, when we first got married, I, we went, he's out, he was, he grew up by Euclid, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I went to his neck of the woods to meet his family. And we walked into this restaurant and everybody was just, just whipped their heads around. And I was just like, everybody's staring. Mm. And he goes, Oh, they're just looking at your black hair, your beautiful black hair. Aww. And I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, no one has ever been degrading or anything like that. Um, and obviously most of the people that I run with are Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you show up with a Caucasian spouse, mm-hmm. you know, th- no one says anything. As a matter of fact, in stores and stuff like that, if we don't, if we get separated, cause we're looking at different stuff, people don't know that we're together and okay. yeah. So, but then we, I mean, it is what it is. Right. Right. Um, shifting gears a little, is there anything you wish other runners or the running community would do to make our beloved sport more welcoming and diverse? I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel that locally the, the, I belong to, um, she runs this town, moms run this town yeah. and they're just great. I mean, no, like I said, no one's really made me feel out of place, except like I said, it's just in my own head because mm-hmm. I see that I don't look like everybody else. Right. But and I I, I kind of feel like they're pretending to accept me, but that that again, that's just my own head mm-hmm. and probably my upbringing more than anything that anyone's ever said or done. No one's no one has made me feel like an outcast except, and that might've been just for me trying to do this stuff quietly. And, you know, and then once I got my groove, I've been trying to just invite people trail running and running. And I just, I I do believe that it's empowering. And I I started when I was 40 Mm -hmm. and I just, I think that there's, you're never too late. My, um, my motto is, well, I won't tell you my, my, (laughs) my Instagram handle, but I mean, it's just, it makes you open up. It makes you flourish. And I just, I really want women to have that empowerment basically. I couldn't agree with that more. That's why I love this podcast. I mean, there's no TMI. There's no, I mean, we're all there trying to help each other do an extra mile, go a little farther, you know, mm-hmm. console each other when we get injured or whatever. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a great community. Oh, thank you, Sarah. That means mm-hmm. a lot. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Yep. yep. Have a nice afternoon. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Our next guest is Patty Herrera, a 60-year-old retired physician and mother runner living in River Forest, Illinois. She's an RRCA certified running coach and Patty has run more than 25 marathons and she's qualified for Boston five times. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. Um, we are delighted to be talking with you, Patty. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 
Wow, Patty, 25 marathons. I've run one and I can't even imagine that goal. That's amazing. Um, talk to us about your journey as a runner and, you know, how did you start running in medical school as a stress reliever? Sure. Well, you know, I was not a very athletic child. And um, so I, my first um, memory of being involved in any athletic endeavor, endeavor was when my uncle took us to the local park. He packed up his, um, his station wagon and he was going to get my siblings, my cousins and I to join a soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, because soccer is very big in Mexico and, and he was a, a huge fan. So he was going to start his own little um, <laughs> team with uh-huh. all of us. And so we were all preteens and I, you know, I remember not minding the running part of it, mm-hmm. but then at one point we were going to do drills. And when we started heading, uh-huh. I thought this is not for me. So that <laughs> ended my soccer career uh, immediately. <laughs> didn't want to go back. Um, and he knows uh, I really didn't do much else in terms of uh, athletics. And it wasn't until I actually went to medical school and I had two amazing roommates, both Latinas from California who were avid runners. Mm. One day they uh, invited me to go out on a run with them. And I did. Uh, and I was able to keep up with them for maybe about a mile. And I stopped because I was exhausted. Uh, but even though I had to turn back home. Uh, I really remember feeling so energized. And so that, that kept me running. Uh, I, so I, I went back again and again until I was able to keep up with them a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. During that time also, I remember um, there was a local 5K uh, that was called Run for the Health of It. Mm-hmm. I joined, uh, it was, it was uh, put on by a local clinic. And again, it was my first 5K um, in a park. It was very nice. Uh, and I actually won. I was the, the first female. <laughs> oh, that's go. awesome. <laughs> yes. I don't remember my time. I don't remember any of it. But I do remember that I won a brand new backpack. That was oh. the prize for coming in first, the first uh, uh, female runner. And so I continue. I didn't... Um, continue racing, uh, but it was such a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember also around that same time in 1984, I watched the first Olympic women's mm-hmm. marathon mm-hmm. where uh, Joan Benoit, who she was known as Joan Benoit, not Samuelson at that point, uh-huh. uh, won the marathon. And I, I, I remember being mesmerized and thinking, that maybe someday I could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, I was just in awe of her. And of course it took me 17 years from that day uh, for me to <laughs> run my okay. first marathon. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I did it. I took exactly. the plunge. Wow. Wow. So you've run those 25 marathons then in 20 years, if I'm doing my math right, that you didn't do your first one until 2001. I did my first one, 2001, and I actually have to make a little correction. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, I uh, I never really kept track of how many races I've run, uh, and most of them have been marathons. I thought that I had surely done more than 25, but then I did the counting, and I've actually only done 24. Uh, I'm training uh, for my 25th 
right now. All right. Well, we'll put an asterisk by that. Yeah, we'll yeah, count yeah, that one. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay. Round thank, thank you for coming clean. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so if you're comfortable doing so, Patty, please share how running helped you gain, as you wrote, quote, the strength, confidence, and guts to file for your um, divorce from your first husband. Yeah. You know, I think that this is anyone who's been in a difficult relationship uh, and feels that they need to get out. um, There are so many obstacles and so many questions that you have and you just don't, you don't feel that you have the strength. Um, Running, continuing to run during uh, the time that I was going through that process really gave me confidence. It made me feel, I always talk about running, making you feel confident, making you feel powerful and helping you realize that you can tackle even the most difficult of life's challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was around this time that uh, a friend of mine from work had run the Chicago marathon and she was telling, and I would confide in her about some of the situations that I was finding myself in and, and how stressful it was. And she told me, Patty, you have to train and run the marathon because when you cross that finish line, you are going to tell yourself, I am woman, hear me roar. Mm. And so I thought, I need that. I need mm-hmm. to get to that point where I feel that I can proceed with what I know is right uh, in, my, uh, in my life mm-hmm. and take that you know, take that strength that you gain and the confidence that you gain from running and just keep plowing through those difficult days until you get to your, to your finish line in your relationship. Nice, 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 nice. So we love the name of the women's running group that you're a part of best forward or BFF. Right. So we'd love to hear a few details, including if the group felt welcoming to you as a woman of color. Uh, so BFF, has, uh, Best Fit Forward, was started by a woman named Ann Pazala. She, it's a local uh, women's running group. Uh, she, about eight years ago, put out to the community, it was through an email group of uh, mothers, you know, local mothers, and said, um, and asked, is anybody up for a run? And uh, I'd love to have someone come join me. And so I remember replying to her, emailing her, and she put her email address, her contact information, and I asked her uh, what, I had never run with a group before. I was always intimidated. I was always feeling that I could not keep up. Uh, so I would just run by myself. Same, by the way. I, yeah, I that I, way too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that is so common. Um, and so I asked her what distance and what pace. I thought those were going to be two, you know, huge things that would make you make me determine whether I could follow through with this. And so she responded, any distance, any pace. Hmm. And I thought that that was the group that I needed to join. So, you know, um, I think that as a Latina, um, certainly runners are so uh, welcome. I think that runners as a whole are you know, very, very welcoming. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we love to talk about running and we mm-hmm. love to take any adv- opportunity of talking to others if they let us about running. And so <laughs> a, a running group is perfect for that. But I think that as a Latina, especially in, in the area where I live in right now, where, you know, 
maybe I'm not the majority, well, I'm definitely not the majority. There is that sense of, well, you know, I, is anybody going to look like me? Mm-hmm. Is anybody going to have the same life experiences? Is anybody going to, you know, have uh, parents who are immigrants, you know, that type of thing. And so you, I think that sometimes we uh, focus on that so much that we may not allow ourselves to explore and to put ourselves in maybe situations that would uh, be very fulfilling because we're afraid. Mm -hmm. So I do remember going to the first uh, group and it was, there was a woman from India, there was a woman uh, uh, of Korean uh, background. And so there were other women of color Mm -hmm. and, and, but even I've got to say that even if we there weren't other women of color there, you know, we started talking about running. They started asking me about my running and so forth. So I really felt very comfortable right away. And I think that it helped that it was a women's group. That was uh, that was huge. And um, and so you know, even though it's or besides being an amazing support system for uh, women runners, We've also been active in community organization or community activities such as uh, providing food for homeless shelters and leading summer uh, kids running camps. And I've got to say that the best friends that I have now are friends that I've made uh, from that I found in this amazing group. So Mm. so it's it's all all good. You know, they I are just, my BFFs. <laughs> I just love runners. I really do. I know we're biased, but I, we just come from, I don't know, is it the endorphins, but I feel like we all just want to put good into the world. So I, I love that yeah. story, but you guys, um, what you've encountered and what you're doing to kind of spread the love. Um, and I, and I'm excited about this question. I want to hear more about the pro bono work you do. You touched on it a little bit. Um, but yeah. as a Spanish interpreter with undocumented individuals experiencing domestic violence, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And you're planning to start a running group for them. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I, um, became a volunteer even before I um, before I retired they were looking for Spanish speakers and they were looking for um, people who would be able to uh, translate for these women who are in domestic violence situations and who are applying for a U visa so U visa is, is a visa that you can get where even if you, you know, if you're you're here undocumented but if you are in a domestic violence situation you can actually uh, receive help to attain residency, essentially. Okay. Um, and so once I started interviewing and uh, translating for these women, and they're all Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. um, they're all from you know, a number of different Latin American countries. First of all, I, a lot of it reminded me of what I went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, when so there was a little bit of PTSD and there still is a little bit of PTSD with every case that I translate for but I think that that also allows me to have some empathy for them uh, right. because I know what they're going through and so um, then I remembered how amazing running was for me and how it gave me the strength to do what I felt I couldn't do or what I couldn't accomplish during that difficult process um, so I thought you know, this, I knew that it, that it would be challenging because a lot of these women are, you know, have moved out of their homes because of, of the domestic violence. They are oftentimes in situations where they do not want their 
abuser, obviously, whom they've left to know where they are. So, you know, meeting in a place to be out in the open to go for one can be a little challenging. So initially, I thought, you know, this may be just a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. However, I spoke to the director of, um, of this pro bono group. And I said, you know, this is what I'm thinking. I think that running uh, may be something that that these women could really gain confidence with. And so I said, I realized that it may be difficult. Is this a pipe dream? What do you think? And she responded very excitedly saying, this is absolutely not a pipe dream. Let's talk about it more when you return. I was actually going out of town. Um, and this was, I had reached out to her February of 2020. Mm. So I came back and then COVID happened. Uh, so this has been on hold. And even now when I translate for uh, any active cases, we are still doing that via Zoom. And so we mm. are not at the okay. point where we are meeting yet in person. Mm. Mm -hmm. However, that is one of my big uh, goals to, you know, we could start with one or two women, if I could get get to one, I mean, that's, I, I think that, um, that women would benefit so much from, uh, from running. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So that's my goal. That's my goal. Yeah, that's awesome. Great goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, on a, on a less, um, pleasant topic, um, on our diversity Google form, you detailed a nasty incident of being, um, yelled at while on a run. Could you, um, take us back there a little bit? Sure. This happened in the 1980s. I was in, in medical school and I actually came back home, um, for a weekend or for maybe for a break, I don't recall, but I do remember that it was a beautiful day. It was, uh, must've been spring, uh, perfect running weather. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background, all of my life up until that time, my mom had lived and we had lived in predominantly Mexican communities. And so everybody looked like us, everybody sounded like us. We all had, you know, different or the same uh, or very similar experiences. And it was around that time that my mom uh, moved out of that area and moved to an area called Marquette Park. Uh, now Marquette, there is a park in Marquette Park, but mm -hmm. Marquette Park has been, um, has had, uh, has been the scene of many racially charged rallies dating back to the 1960s. Dr. King marched uh, supporting a racially open city. Uh, the protests continued and again, violence uh, erupted in the, then in the 1980s, I remember that the KKK held rallies protesting integration. So more people of color were moving into that community. And so this is where I come in. It was in the 1980s and I decided to go out for a run. Mm -hmm. And again, it was beautiful, perfect running weather. I went out, uh, it was maybe about a half a mile from, from my home for my mom's home. So I got to the park and as I was about to enter the park, uh, a car with two white guys passed by. They yelled out at me and told me to go back to where I came from. Mm. Uh, oh, and of course, you know, I'm a brown skinned woman. Um, and so they were alluding to the fact that I did, did not belong in this country. Little did they know that I was born in California. So I thought, well, you know, California is not a bad place to go back to, I suppose, if I had to go back to my, my area of, of origin. But I, you know, that, that um, 
that incident really scared me. I felt violated. I felt scared. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to turn around, you know, make another loop and come back. Mm -hmm. So I cut my run short and I went back home and I never ran in that beautiful park again. And it was a very sad thing for me because I just did not feel safe. Sure. Gosh, mm, I mean, that was obviously a blatant racist statement. I mean, do you feel right. like you experience right. microaggressions or more subtle forms of racism at races or when you're out running or have you experienced some additional things since then? Well, you know, I think that uh, some of it maybe is, uh, or at least the one thing that I'm thinking of uh, can be a little bit self-imposed, but uh, is the issue of racial profiling. Uh, but it is something that I, that, someone who is not a person of color would not be feeling. So for example, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, there is a wonderful community. I live in a wonderful community and there is a free to a good home uh, social media group. And so whenever someone has something that they don't want anymore, instead of you know, filling the landfills, it's posted and whoever wants it, come and get it. Mm -hmm. So there was a woman who, was, uh, who said that she had this beautiful, fluffy, pink, um, stuffed animal mm -hmm. and my two my two two uh, well both of my yellow labs love stuffed animals <laughs> and they go through them pretty quickly oh, so yeah. I thought mm -hmm. this is perfect Chumley and Louie would love the stuffed animal so I decided to go on a run and I figured well you know it's not that far from me so I was going to use my run to um, run some errands so I, ran, I love that. Love doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I ran to this woman's home. She had set it out nicely for me. I picked up the, the stuffed animal. And during my run, a friend of mine texted me and said, you know, Patty, I have these shoes, these trail shoes that are not working for me. Do you want to give them a try? She and I both use the same size. And so I said, sure, I'll run to your house and pick up the, the shoes and then run back home. So I ran to her home picked up the shoes. So by this time, by the time I was running back home, I had a, uh, a plastic bag with both, you know, it was a, kind of a bigger, a bigger stuffed animal that I, than I anticipated mm -hmm. and some trail shoes. Uh -huh. As I was running the thing, because of racial profiling, the thing that kept coming to my mind is someone is going to see this Brown woman running down the street with some, mm -hmm. holding something under her arm and is someone going to call the cops on me? Is someone, is, are the cops going to pull me over asking me, what am I holding? Thinking again, did mm -hmm. I steal something? Is this something that should, I shouldn't, uh, why am I running in the first place? Although, mm -hmm. you know, and I had to kind of calm myself down and say, okay, I'm running. I have a running cap. I'm wearing running clothing. I have my running shoes. I have my my bottle, uh, my running, uh, my hydration. So mm -hmm. I look like a runner, but still I had that sense, what if, mm -hmm. uh, and again, just because of everything that we are, that we hear about in the news, what if, and, and of course, I think it would be much uh, a, a male who is a person of color would uh, be even more intimidated by this thought. Uh, but as a woman who, was running through what is not really a, a community that has a lot of Latinos, you know, that thought came to my mind. And of course I got home, uh, didn't have any issues. What, nobody called the cops on me, but it's those things that, uh, those thoughts that come into your mind that mm -hmm. I don't think I would be thinking about if I were not um, a Latina. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, I think, I think, I think you see the humor in the fact that you're carrying so much stuff. So I think, uh, I, you know, you know, that, you know, it's a little silly to be carrying a big pink stuffed animal. So I think we can all see that, that, that makes all of us chuckle, but I think for, for, as a white woman, I think that's as far as we'd go, we'd be chuckling about it and not, you know, that somebody might rib us about it. Like, Oh, you know, you can't leave your lovey at home or something like that. But, right. but that, you know, it is sad that then you, and, and other people of color have that worry about, well, what happens if a cop drives by? Am I going to get right. pulled over? Or am I going to get hassled? You know, right. do I look enough like a runner who's out for exercise so that that can legitimize why you're out there? Mm-hmm. Right. And besides uh, running with, I always run with my phone, but, you know, it's more of a, a safety thing for me also. But the other reason I run with the phone when I'm doing something like this, or even when I'm picking up, when I'm driving and picking up something from, you know, free to a good home or whatever, I, it's proof. It's proof that I mm. can show the cops if I am pulled over. See, mm. I have this person who gave me this stuffed animal. I have this friend who told me to pick up the shoes. Mm. Uh, and that gives me a little bit um, of added security. Mm-hmm. But those are things that I shouldn't be having to think about. No, no. exactly. You and should we, not have to pull out Strava and say, look, I've already done 4.7 miles. Like, oh. Right, right. Oh. And we take it for granted, our freedom um, as white women, that we don't. Mm-hmm. have to think about that. And I'm sorry that you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Patty, what race, what, what 25th marathon are you training for? <laughs> I am training for the Boston marathon. Oh, and yeah. so this is my fifth, uh, BQ and I'm hoping to get to the start intact. And, um, I'm going, I usually, when I run Boston, it's more of a, uh, you know, my, my fun run, because all of the hard work, uh, in my opinion, is getting there. I mean, yes. Boston is really hard. Yes, Don't get yes. me wrong. Yeah. But, uh, this is like my victory lap. So I'm looking forward to it. It's more of a fun taking pictures, you know, high fiving the, uh, the people who are cheering, although I realize that these the um, situation may be a little different this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to have um, just occurred to me to have leaves on the trees, you know, um, right, you know, it's so there's so unshaded and so kind of shades of gray and brown with just the bark around you. And now you'll have hopefully green leaves. Um, right. Welcome you we will have a wonderful time, Patty. And, and thank you for um, sharing of yourself today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Was Take a care, ple- Patty. Yeah, great. Bye bye. Our final Latina runner is Vianney Reve, a Chicago-based mother runner originally from Mexico who became a citizen of the United States in 2006. She's run many 5Ks and 10Ks, a couple half marathons, and the Chicago Marathon twice. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Vianney, we always like to ask our mother runners how many kids you have and their ages. Uh, yes. So I have a 12-year-old daughter. I just have one. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've had some fertility struggles, which running has helped me. So we're still working on the second one. Oh, <laughs> okay. So um, I know you haven't always been a fan of running. So please <laughs> share with us your road to, to being a, a marathon or training for the Chicago marathon. So I kind of feel like a lot of us start out that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so um, when I moved here to the U S from Mexico, um, I was six and in Mexico, being from Mexico city, very active lifestyle, you know, public transportation, you kind of walk everywhere you walk to get your groceries, you go, it's very, very different. 
Um, so when I moved here, it was complete culture shock upon many things. Um, and I just always remember in my middle school and especially high school, um, they in high school, we had to do three cardio workouts per week. It was required mm-hmm. um, all four years, not just one year, not one semester, <laughs> um, all four years. And they said, if you didn't do your three uh, CV, as they call them workouts, I mean, you either had to make them up or you failed and they wouldn't pass you to the next year. Oh, goodness. Uh, part, yeah. Part of that cardio workout was you could do the mile or two mile run around um, my high school, which was Hersey High School in Arlington Heights. Okay. Um, and I hated it. I hated it. I hate, I would do anything besides <laughs> running. Um, you know, so it's to think back to that and to where I am now, um, 20 years later, it's crazy. Um, because I, I would do anything. I'd rather go on the Stairmaster. I'd rather do the Taibo that they made you do anything. I was like, I will do anything except the running of the one or two mile. Mm-hmm. Um, so to think back to that, um, as I got older, and as I'm sure you guys, ladies are familiar with, um, the more that each year goes by, the harder it is to lose weight. Um, mm-hmm. And so then um, when I turned 30, my daughter at the time was two, and she's very active, very, very um, mischievous toddler. And in order to keep up with her, I just made a choice. I'm like, I either have to, I either incorporate, you know, some type of uh, health, fitness now activity and stay active, or it's going to be harder the older I get. Um, so I started first started doing 20, 30 minute workouts just from my cable box. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my brother, actually, he had kind of always been a really stick figure, you know, guys, they lose weight easily. And then all of a sudden he hit a certain age and gained a lot of weight. And he did the, um, Sean T workout, um, insanity. And then he's like, Uh and he also ran and he's like, you should run, you should run. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine with my workouts. Just leave me alone. He's like, (laughs) just try it once. And, you know, I think you might've seen from some of the pictures, um, we're really close and we get along really well. He's six Mm -hmm. years older than me. Um, and he's, you know, he's a guy, but we're really close. Um, so he's like, just try it, just try it. So finally with enough pestering and everything, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll run. I'm like, I'm gonna run once, but that's it. If I hate it, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> so, um, so I ran the first mile. Mm-hmm. It, I thought I was going to die. My yes. lungs, everything. I, I, I counted, I counted right on whatever app I was on at the time, which I think was the Nike app. And I, I was counting each step till I hit that one mile. Cause I was not <laughs> going to go one more step than one mile. Um, and I ran in the fall here in Chicago, which again, cold. And I'm like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? <laughs> but you know, at the end, I'll never forget the feeling at the end of that mile. And it was either 12 or 14 minutes somewhere along there. And I was just like, Oh, that was really hard. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And I liked that feeling. I was like, wow, like that really, you know, I had a goal. I focused on it and it was really challenging. And I do feel a little bit better. And part of me didn't want to acknowledge extent. That just meant that my older brother was right once again <laughs> for the rest of my life, you know, yeah. with older siblings. It's like, of course you're right. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't want to admit it, but then I did. And then the next mile, and I was like, you know what? That wasn't as bad as I thought. And it is a good way to like get moving and I could fit, maybe fit it in quickly with the, between work and daycare and the toddler. Um, so, um, I was like, let me, let me do this again and let me go just five more steps. Mm -hmm. And that is seriously how I started. I went from one mile to one mile, five steps, one mile, 10 more steps until I made it to two. And then from two, I made it to three. And next thing, you know, (laughs) 
like five months later, I'm getting roped into doing a 5k with my brother. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a 5k, uh, in around St. Patty's day, they call it the St. Patty's day run. Uh, and now we've done that run every year and it's kind of like our, you know, memory inaugural run because it's the first race we ever did we had no clue what we were doing we're just kind of showing up and be like are we runners are we not we've just kind of been running you know you kind of feel like that's what I love about running that it's like anybody can be a runner you know when you first start out you're like are we do we call ourselves runners like how long Mm. do I have to be doing this to be a runner right Um, and that was in 2013 and I haven't looked back then uh now if actually (laughs) I'm not feeling my best whether it's um my husband or somebody in my family, they're like, do you need to go for a run? (laughs) (laughs) I get that question too. And I'm like, are you saying that I'm in a bad mood? Uh, But yes, I do need to go for a run. Thank you. Yes, Um, exactly. So here we are. I just fell in love with it. The clear, um, the, the clear mindedness that it brought the peace, mm -hmm. the time away. And it really being a mom working and, completely trying to juggle my kid is two three years old I want to be so be there for every moment but I'm working Mm -hmm. and doing everything at home and time for me and for me to be the best mom I can be the best me I can be the best wife I can be it it was just it was a lot and it would always brought such a sense of peace calmness de-stress and also just me time which is so hard to find when you're in the midst of all that so um slowly slowly again my crazy brother convinced me to do a half marathon he said I'd be fine and then next thing I know we're doing a full marathon so (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about I my one and only marathon was a Chicago marathon because I used to live in Chicago and I love it it was the best experience um I mean I you know, wanted to die during parts of it, but I just love that that course is so awesome. When did you run the Chicago marathon? You run it twice, right? Yes. Okay. I did ran it in 2014 and 2016. Okay. And are you, do you have plans to run it again? I do. I haven't, uh, due to working, doing IVF, uh, doing three rounds and all that. And I did not know IVF was going to kick my butt so much with Mm. like, just uh, actually the pandemic let me run because I had to halt everything, you know, due to mm. everything going on. So okay. that was the first year that I was able, that I didn't do IVF, you know, wasn't doing some type of fertility treatment. And I'm like, oh, I can run. I was just on fertility hormones mm-hmm. for so long that I forgot, you know, I could eat either. Um, there's some compl- complications. And one thing they were very stern about was like, no, you can't run because your tubes could get tied and we yeah. can't have that. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Then I guess I'll walk. Okay. <laughs> slowed you down, slowed you back down again. Yes. Yes. um, So, so for me who lives here in overwhelmingly white Oregon, I I find Chicago a city that's bright and vibrant with so much diversity. Um, Do you find that to be the case in the running world there for yourself? Um, If you go start to go to certain parts of Chicago, I'd say yes, definitely. You know, Mm -hmm. there's all the great little neighborhoods and everything. I've always lived on the very northwest side of Chicago. Mm. Um, and then after, before that, it was the suburbs and the northwest suburbs. And I have to say, you know, great for education, great for that. Um, diversity wise, not so much when you start to get that far. Now mm-hmm. we're seeing more, um, but um, at least where I ran um, and where I was at, not as much as you'd think for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Have you had any negative experiences while running that that was, you know, sparked by the color of your skin? Um, you know, I, I don't say negative, but just very conscious. Um, 
I used to live next to a suburb that was very, had very nice houses. I mean, the, the line between Chicago and the suburb was like this sidewalk, Chicago, this side of the, you know, their mm. side of the street sidewalk is um, the suburb. Okay. Um, and they very grand houses, beautiful, gorgeous houses that I was like, wow, these are like dream houses, you know, like that one day, you know, when I'm grown up, maybe I could actually, you know, visit Um, very big, very, uh, the neighborhood's known for that. Um, So uh, before I started running in the forest reserve, I did run through the neighborhood and I was just always very conscious of, even though I was wearing what a runner would wear, which is, you know, the it's either a tank top short sleeve shorts you know a combination of running gear and nothing else on me mm-hmm. I was just always very conscious of I don't want anyone to think you know that I'm stepping on their grass that I'm like mm. coming onto their property mm. um even when I ran by the park you know the there was this elementary school there in a park and it had kind of path around and I went to go through there um it, you know it's just very conscious of like making sure I don't ever break a rule because it could be looked mm. as am I trying to do something else besides what I'm really doing was just just running through the neighborhood mm. right mm-hmm. that is too bad it's yeah too bad. so so um you wrote on the that google form um quote running is not widely accepted in the hispanic community so this was an eye-opening statement for me can you talk more about it please Yes. And I, you know, I will give you my perspective as being Mexican. I know there's, you know, so many other Central and South American countries, so it might be a little bit different, but I know it's kind of an overall Hispanic kind of um, ideology, the way it's looked at. When my brother and I first started running, the first question we got from our family was like, why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, It's never really thought of as a sport. It's never Mm -hmm. really thought of, you know, even now that we watched all the Olympic trials and everything for cross country and everything they're kind of like you're watching sports yeah track you know and cross country oh no that's not a sport you know just kind of mm. like <laughs> and it's like but it is it is um so just like that was the first thing was well why are you running what mm. is this do you not have enough to do at home are that you know like it should it's always believed that you should be active enough with uh keeping mm-hmm. your house clean making mm-hmm. sure you're taking care of everything especially if you're female like you shouldn't be running, um, out running. There's no reason for you to be running unless you did something wrong. The only mm-hmm. reason you should be running is because the police is chasing you or somebody's chasing you because you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's never really looked at or thought of as like a, a sport and something you should invest your time in. So trying to explain that and then trying to explain the feeling of, well, you're just running. Doesn't that get boring? But you know, just doing the same thing over and over and over. Wouldn't you want to like go to the gym instead? Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to break down through all of that um, was definitely, you know, like is the, I mean, even sometimes they're like, oh, you're going running. Oh, they kind of see it just as like walking, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Um, so I think now it's changing a little bit and now, you know, realizing just how important health is and just with the diseases that Hispanic people are predisposed to based on our genetics, it's, that's definitely helped. Um, but I mean, every time I've gone to a race, I would really have to say, to tell you that the percentage of Hispanic um, runners is very low. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think can be done to change this cultural barrier? I mean, I realize it's something that's been, you know, ingrained in, in your culture for a long time, but because running is becoming 
so much more popular, you know, in the last 10 years and especially the last couple of years, uh, you know, what do you think that we can all do to kind of change this cultural barrier for you? You know, I think, yeah, yeah. no, I think having, you know, I thought it was great what you ladies did with the, um, because I read the newsletter, I listen to the podcast with the form and asking, just asking sometimes and getting more of a voice out there and Mm -hmm. hearing different opinions, the more is normalized, I guess, not that running isn't normal, because I, you know, you ladies are runners, so you know what I mean, I just think Mm -hmm. when people, sometimes people who don't run and don't get that runner's high or that, you know, peace or comfort from running. They're like, why, why do you do it? You know, Mm -hmm. um, as you said, when I ran my first marathon in 2014 with Chicago, it's Chicago marathon. I, like you said, I was like, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. And that's okay. I want to go crawl under a table and I'll be fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so they're like, why would you do that to yourself again? Um, because the but, feeling when you cross that finish line is unlike anything else you've ever experienced, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that it can be talked about, you know, you don't have to run a marathon for yourself to be a runner. Any pace no. is runner. Just, it really helps you learn about yourself and to grow your, uh, grow, have your own growth and help you set goals and achieve goals. Cause there really is, um, you know, in running, I feel like it's just you, there's no team, there's no anything. I mean, every, for the two marathons, I did all my long runs. I've, I've always run by myself. I've never ran with a group. Mm -hmm. So it was me making sure my butt was out there at certain Mm -hmm. time. And I think if people could see that more, especially for us in our culture, just how much it would help developmentally with goals, growth overall, whether it's personal, professional, you know, Mm -hmm. and just having these conversations will all definitely change the way it's viewed. Um, and I think also now that, you know, the, like people like my age who are first generation immigrants are seeing, picking up the sport more, doing more things. The mm-hmm. conversation is definitely changing to, you know, as where my parents, which for the first thing was like, why would you be running? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask, did your brother not run the marathon with you marathons, either one with you? Uh, yes, he did, but oh, he he's did. faster okay. than me. So like a true okay. runner, he left me. well when I ran the Chicago marathon I ran with my husband we were supposed to start off together and he jumped in a different crowd because he's like you're too slow and I was like what (laughs) I know how that feels yes Dan Um, wait for the gun to go off to to drop you Katie (laughs) no he he switched his time when we went to go pick up our bibs I'm like that's just rude but (laughs) like a true runners were like the first thing that you need to do if I fall what I'm, when I'm running is just stop my Garmin. Okay. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then call the ambulance, but yes. stop my Garmin. <laughs> yes. 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 And you're left in the dust. If you're, if what each other's pace is, you know, not the same and yeah. it's nothing personal. <laughs> no, it's every woman for themselves out there. Exactly. Um, so well to, to wrap up this topic, um, VNA, do you think there's any steps big or small that Caucasian runners could do to make running feel more um, welcoming and inclusive for members of the Hispanic and um, Latinx community. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I think it, I I think just even doing what you ladies did was great. Asking us to be, I don't. I feel like we're a lot of times we're not asked to be part of the conversation or just part of the table. You know, um, I love it that here we have an organization in the Northwest area of Chicago and in Chicago called All Community Events, um, and they sometimes not for all races they 
send out surveys about what you like the best, what you didn't, if, you know, and sometimes they'll go as far as asking you like, oh, if you're, you know, if you don't mind sharing, sharing your race or ethnicities or something we could do, you know, seeing any type of those types of organizations take the initiative that you ladies did with just even asking, mm-hmm. I think is great just to, because the more we're part of the conversation, the more we're part of, you know, organization, um, if we have the opportunity to volunteer and provide input, I think all those little steps will really grow, you know, help greatly um, in moving all that forward and being more inclusive. Definitely. Just yeah. that, just asking, I think was so great. So thank you. Oh, well, you're very welcome. And thank yeah. you for uh, being candid and sharing with us today. Really great talking with you, VNA. Oh, likewise. Likewise. Take thank care. You. Take care. You Bye-bye. too. Thanks. Bye. Well, isn't she a doll? Mm. All of them. So great. So great. Really. I just, I, I hope the smile on my face, people could hear it in my voice while I was talking to them and mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, that diversity form, a uh, Google form that I kept talking about that is on our new website in the um, about section. And um, so as Katie, as you well know, as part of the core AMR team, we consolidated all three of our previous URLs into one, what Dimity says, Bamerbrella, mm-hmm. anothermother.com. And, you know, I think sometimes people can um, have a little trouble wrapping their arms around exactly what another mother runner is. So hopefully having that one website will help them do that. There's also a single checkout so you can purchase, you know, um, a marathon training plan and a trucker hat or a hoodie and a nutrition program. Um, the site's really easy to navigate. We're um, really happy with all the photos on it. Um, just it, it's a fresh new look and um, we hope that um, it's more transparent and spelled out. So we're really excited about it. it took us, it's nearly a year in the making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not that we were counting there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So please check it out at anothermotherrunner.com. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com. And um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends, um, particularly any um, BIPOC runners, you know. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm-hmm.